And the person interviewing me wrote those words down, looked up from his piece of paper and said to me, so do you think we're going to like that? Yeah, I, I do what I do today, Kathy, because of a fourth grade field trip. No credit to me, just me fumbling along with what I knew at the time and the dog being very forgiving of my mistakes. I'm sitting here looking out wide open French windows, literally French windows. They're French windows because I'm in France. <laughs> and just settling in for a week of business and some pleasure and musing on this idea that I can't get there from here. This idea that the things that I want, that I keep talking about them, and when I keep talking about them in this future tense, that's exactly where they stay. So how do you have goals and dreams and vision and stay present with it and bring it into existence today before it's real? How do you live it before you have it? Well, it starts from understanding where I'm coming from in the first place, my need to control, and a very simple fact. You can't get there from here. The things that got me to where I am can't get me to the place where I want to go. By definition, if I want something different, I have to do something different. I get to do something different. So that's part of the equation. The other part of it is, is a bit more of mental calisthenics. It's a little bit more around the believing in a thing and the knowing of a thing before it's actually a thing. I don't want to get this mixed up with the one of the most bullshit statements in human existence, the fake it till you make it nonsense. I'm not talking about that because there's nothing fake about it. It can't be fake. It has to be real. It has to be authentic and it has to be grounded. And that's where we go in this week's episode. I'm Kathy Brooks. And this is Talk Unleashed. You can't get there from here. I think I finally understand what that actually means. It's something I've heard a number of times in my transformational leadership training and certainly heard in the realm of spiritual guidance, spiritual leadership and, and that sort of thing can't get there from here. It's also, if you've ever spent time in the South, a phrase that you'll often hear, can't get there from here. So what does it mean? It means wherever you are isn't necessarily the path to the place you want to go. And as I am out walking with the dogs this morning after a monumental 24 hours of heavy soaking spring rain, the kind of rain that began at midnight and went straight through to late afternoon the next day. A few moments that were squall-like with the rain coming down sideways and wind blowing, but mostly just kind of like someone had turned on a shower and didn't turn it off. Thick, soaking curtains of rain and everything just kind of looking greener and thicker afterwards. But the walk that I take with the dogs 
these days cuts across a creek. And for weeks now, we've had our path across the creek. The shoreline, the banks of the creek kind of set a couple of rocks that we'd, and by we, I mean me, (laughs) would scamper across. The dogs each actually finding their own crossing that felt comfortable to them. And we came to the creek this morning. It doesn't look the same. The banks have shifted. The rocks that I had used to step across either submerged or washed along. The current is so thick right now and the tide of it, the level of the creek is so high that can't even really tell. Some branches that had been gauging and shifting the flow of the current have shifted. And so the flow is different. And of course, it's saturated by water still flooding down from the hills. So I couldn't get there. From here, I had to pick a new trajectory, as did the dogs, which is fascinating to watch. Two of them are big enough that they can kind of spring across without much impact. And then there's Harlow. Six pounds of don't fuck with me, chihuahua mixed with terrier, fits in a handbag. Don't tell her she's small, it will piss her off. She is larger than life and pushes all of her boundaries. One of those boundaries is water. And so she got to figure out a way across that was different for her, that involved combining some skill sets that she hadn't actually combined before. A little bit of hopping, a little bit of swimming, and a little bit of wading into the unknown. You can't get there from here. How often am I so set on the path that I'm taking and so familiar and comfortable with it that I completely lose sight that there might just be another way to get something done? So set in my ways, set in my habits. And sometimes those are good habits, you know, exercise, eating well, mental stimulation, spending time with friends, all that sort of stuff. That's all good. Anytime I come up to a conversation or a thought process around habit, of course, it takes my mind back to the way my life used to be. The habits that I used to have that didn't necessarily serve me very much. Habits that I've put away for, well, over 12 and a half years at this point. And knowing that Breaking those habits and shifting to new patterns, well, that took a hot minute. And when things got uncomfortable, the first thing that I wanted to do was, you know, go back to the old muscle memory, building new muscles. Take some time. Can't rush it. Can't rush it. And I've talked about that on the podcast before, that you can't rush the baking of a cake. It takes what it takes to complete. No more, no less. You know, the house that my dad grew up in where they had three sons in the house and all their friends were often in and out of the house. My dad and both of my uncles, apparently very popular, lots of friends on lots of sporting teams. And so 
consistently a gaggle of guys in and out of the house. And my grandmother always had baked goods, piles of cookies and pies. In particular, my mom speaks of this particular glass cake plate with dome under which was often a chocolate cake. One of those fudgy, fudgy layer cakes that had icing between the layers and the most amazing fudge icing. So my grandmother had this recipe box that my father had made for her in Woodshop when he was in elementary school. And in it are many of her recipes in her spidery scrawled hand. And a lot of those recipes had little notes in the margin. Here's the thing, if you follow these recipes to the letter of what they say, the things don't come out the way my grandmother used to make them. Not even close. I used to bake with her. I'm actually the only grandkid that did, I think, and I would be with her in the kitchen and I can still hear her voice when I'm baking one of her particular recipes, guiding me to pay attention to how the dough feels as I'm stirring it or how the batter is mixing, the thickness of it, the texture, and guiding me to add a little of this or a little of that to shift it so that it would feel just so. And that that was really determined on a lot of different factors. Temperature, humidity, elevation, all those things. So, if you follow her instructions to the letter, you actually don't get the result that you want. That you need to understand the nuance, the complexity and pay attention to the journey along the way so that the choices you make can adapt. Nature's a really remarkable thing because it's a reminder that things aren't the same. They don't look the same. You know, all the times that I've been in a place and seen a miraculous sunset and maybe glanced at it and thought, you know, I'll just stop and look at the sunset the next time. Except the next time isn't the same. Even if I'm in the same place at the same time of day, it's never going to look exactly the same. There are so many places in my life where I did cherish moments, especially when I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area down around Chrissy Field or out at Stinson Beach, where I took these mental snapshots of all of these moments. Because I knew that the next time I went, it wasn't going to look the same. It wasn't going to be the same. And that I can run through those images in my mind. Even this morning as I was sitting over coffee and my journal, looking around the kitchen, I started thinking about the times and places in the last year where I have been in a different place. I mean, there was one point, there was one point in this last year where I was in eight places in a six-week time frame. And I wasn't on vacation. I was mobile in a way I had never been before. 
untethered. I don't like to say the word homeless because the truth is those I am statements are very, very powerful. And I was never without a place to lay my head to sleep to be safe. brings me to the thought of home and what does home mean? That home isn't a place, it's a state of mind. That's a, certainly a cliche we've all heard. Home is where the heart is. And that sense of place that if all I do is spend my time thinking about the place I will have or what I don't have now, then I'm spending time in the not having of it which means that it's a constant search and yearning and the thing that I seek is always just beyond my fingertips. And so in this last year of the great untethering, in this last year, the lesson, one of the many, has really been around If there is something that I seek, I can't get there from here. Whether it is a place to live, whether it is a certain stage or level in my business, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's my friendships, whether it's relationships with my family, It doesn't really matter what the thing is. That in spending my time thinking about the not having of it and the yearning for it, I continue to push it that much further away. Which brings me to a metaphor of dog education. How many times have you seen someone with their dog? Maybe they're in a park. Maybe you're at their house and... The dog is doing something the owners don't want it to do. And they're saying the dog's name. And then just repeating a word over and over as if the repetition of it is going to do something. Fluffy, sit, 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 Fluffy, sit, 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 sit. It's almost like they have Tourette's of sorts. And in the repetition of the thing without the clarity of the thing, all they get is more of the not doing. And from the dog's perspective, all they're doing is attaching a certain word or a command to the not doing of the command. So ironically, they're actually exacerbating the problem. Getting clear, clear on vision, clear on what I want, clear on where I am now, and that where I am now is exactly perfect. Where I am now is exactly perfect. Where I am now is exactly perfect. We did it again. Another episode of Talk Unleashed. It's so great to have you here. And you know what would be even more great if you could scoot over to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, maybe even Spotify, and leave a review. 
Over on Apple, you actually have the chance to say a little bit about the episode. Spotify, just throw some stars on there, hopefully five. It helps us get seen and helps ensure that this conversation and conversations like it keep getting heard by the people who need to hear them. So do us a favor, hop on over and leave a review. And in the category of saying awesome things about awesome people, huge thanks to my producer, John McLean and the team at Monster Sound and Picture. They are just the best. And if you've got ideas or questions or feedback, I read all the email that comes in, so feel free to toss a message to talkunleashed at gmail.com. That's talkunleashed at gmail.com. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, who you want to hear from, all the groovy stuff. And most of all, thank you. Thank you for listening, for being part of the conversation, and for keeping the conversation going. See you next week. Thank you.